The entrepreneurship cell of Delhi Technological University for the past 12 years has been advocating the spirit of being a creator by fostering the essence of entrepreneurship amongst young minds. We attempt to inculcate new values amongst individuals to make them an exemplary engineer imbibed with the idea of productive, innovative and independent thinking. We believe that the best stories are now much like a cup of coffee. They don't distract you from your work but offer a nice value for your daily commitments. And that is why ESLD2 brings to you an insightful podcast, Entrepreneur, presented by Neo and powered by Wurzio, which is not only jam-packed with enlightening facts and stories, but also weaves a light-hearted narrative with our guest speakers who own their expertise in the realms of business and entrepreneurship. In our first episode of Entrepreneur, we have a conversation with an inspiration, a man who revolutionized the opaque insurance market by making a transparent system, which is the India's largest platform to analyze, compare and buy insurance based on qualitative and cost analysis. In this podcast, we witness the pleasure to converse with co-founder and CEO of Policy Bazaar, Mr. Yashish Daiya. Mr. Daiya completed his engineering from IIT Delhi and further pursued his masters in business administration from IIM Ahmedabad. Before starting his entrepreneurial journey with policybazaar.com, he worked with First Europa, a global online insurance broker, as their CEO. He has also had experience of working with an online travel aggregator, eboss.com, a leading pan-European online travel agency and led their business as the managing director. He later started Policy Bazaar with an aim to simplify the insurance sector and expand its transparency to make it accessible to a gigantic mass of people. In this podcast, he not only gives his valuable insights on investments, mutual funds and startup evaluation, but also shares candid experience of his engineering days and post-college life. Listen to this conversation exclusively on Entrepreneur. Oh, good afternoon, sir. Um, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. So, sir, before starting, I would like to ask you, uh, how should I address? Oh, at least please call me Yashish here. Yashish is best okay. for me. Okay. Uh, so, the best way to ask questions to, to any speaker is to go through their social media platform to check out their Facebook, Instagram and ask, you know, figure out what they have done. And when we were searching about you, we couldn't find any social media platform. <laughs> Even though social media platforms are the most relevant source of communica- com- communication, why aren't you there on any social media platform? Yeah, see, I uh, run a very regulated uh, entity and uh, we have, uh, you know, with social media, you either have to be absolutely active on it or, uh, you know, not, I don't believe in managed social media. So I don't have like a, you know, a, a, a PR group that can manage uh, my social media. What I can respond to is where I will be. So I'm, I'm on WhatsApp. I'm very accessible. I see all customer emails. I respond to them. Uh, but it's uh, very difficult if there are uh, places which I do not monitor. Uh, because, you know, it's not just me, right? Now I run an organization. It's uh, 10,000 people. It's, uh, you know, multiple institutional investors. Right. And people have a certain response expectation from me. A response expectation on WhatsApp is a few hours of awake time at, be- at worst. On email, it is maximum, you know, eight hours, one day of response time, right? Because in a day I should be able to complete all my emails. But if you send me a message, let's say on Facebook or on Instagram, uh, I wouldn't be able to respond to it at all because I may not be checking that thing for four days. And it actually did so happen. One minister's wife 
put a comment on my facebook and i don't check my facebook and 3 days back later she came in and said you know what terrible service and you know the ceo doesn't even respond for 3 days and i suddenly realized you know this is uh, a risk so right but that's not the only reason i'm not very active on uh, m- most social media i'm very active on whatsapp uh and i'm very active okay. so if anybody so, wants to reach out to me they can so besides whatsapp you're not active on any other under the social media platform i'm i'm not active on uh, facebook or instagram or even linkedin so i don't have a linkedin profile i don't have a like yeah so i'm 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 mostly inactive every, everywhere else because you know there is right. an option if you are active being a effectively being a responsible person then you have to be on it all the time then the response time has to be like 1 hour or something which requires a huge commitment and i haven't been able to find that time got it uh, so yesterday we got iit j mains result 24 students got 100 percentile wow and so you are from uh, iit delhi yes so was it difficult in your time to get into iits or was it a bit easier yeah look uh, i used to study at st columbus and uh, from my class or from my entire group there were about 2 uh, 300 of us in our you know class 12 five people got in and st columbus at that time was a very very academic school right so and people used to change school people used to study people used to you know dps had this uh, elite class from where about 70 80% of the people used to get through and uh, so my view is it's always tough i don't know if uh, it has become tougher i don't know i can't really comment on that uh, but i think 1990 it wasn't a cake walk definitely because you know from on a competitive basis they were selecting about 2000 of us and uh, i think the numbers have gone up a bit now yeah i'm sure they have they have increased know, the seats are, look every year things get harder man it just gets harder and harder but uh, but i think it was it was quite tough like you know the people who got through were quite happy that they got through obviously uh, so sir how were your teen years were you popular would you used to go to hoskas area and you know have fun were you hostels like did you stay at hostel yeah so i was in hostel uh, in iit delhi see i was more of a sports person I right. wasn't more of a what you would call a cultural or socially active person but I was I would say yes I was popular I had my friends and uh, I was a general secretary as well so obviously you have to be popular if you want to be voted yeah. to be general secretary I was also you know some house secretary and all that stuff so I think yes I was <laughs> if you can say I was at least politically popular what do you use that word but uh, but i wasn't uh you know the hangout type i was okay. more the sports type so i you would usually find me on the sports field or on the in the swimming pool or in the gym uh or you know going trekking uh and uh, you know yeah that was it i used to also visit my parents quite a bit so my parents used to live in noida and still do okay Uh, so i used to visit them also quite a bit so it was a mixed thing yeah uh, i enjoyed iit i i really enjoyed engineering i really enjoyed my engineering days all my friends my closest friends have stayed that way in fact policy bazaar owes 
it to not uh, just IIT but IIT and Saint Columbus because uh, I met a very dear friend Hitesh Oberoi there, and okay. uh, you may know that Hitesh Oberoi's uh, yeah. Intuedge was our first investor. Yeah, and you know later on all investors come because there is a business, but the first investor is the one who believes in you. Who has a trust in you? And uh, you know if Hitesh hadn't been there, I think our first investment wouldn't have been there, and maybe Policy Bazaar wouldn't have been there. So you know I always. to a large extent our i owe our existence to hitesh oberoi wow <laughs> who was an iit friend and a saint columbus friend as well right so so you've participated in one of the most toughest endurance races in the world known as the ironman triathlon in in sweden and you've had numerous achievements in sports as well and you were saying that you were a sports person in iit delhi as well so did you ever feel to drive it to make it this your career to make sports as a yeah, career career i never did because uh, you know when we were growing up career was just you know you do your engineering you do your mba you get a job and you start working i think right had i been in today's times maybe i would have like i, I really envy uh, for example not envy but you know not envy but i really respect uh, <laughs> like saurabh agarwal who's from iit delhi who runs fitso uh you know he's uh he's been enthusiastic so my point is yes i i may have if i was born 20 years later i would definitely have considered sports as a career uh not just as so a sports we could have seen yeah i would have i might have we could have seen you as a founder of a fitness app ha huh, i might have been a fitness app or a whatever i think the times we grew up uh were different uh you know fitness has really picked up in the last 5 to 10 years uh i would say 5 years re- really uh, as as something that can have an economic side also right before that fitness didn't really have an economic side right so as you know the backlogs in college especially in engineering colleges are often considered a rite of passage for engineers so what about you were you a state a student o student or did you have any backlogs yaar uh, see i was a fairly ordinary student but all of us have our strengths and weaknesses so right. i could not read very well i could not do a lot of things very well i wasn't very good in chemistry i wasn't i was terrible in biology but you know since i was a child and a lot of us have this right i was very strong in uh, in physics and maths it just came naturally to me it just came very very naturally and that helps you yeah you know if you if you get those two subjects then mostly you can kind of get through most tests in life right uh, most right, tests yeah. are fairly mathematical and physical or physics yeah. oriented especially in engineering ha especially in engineering so you get through life yaar because of that but i think that aspect is uh, in the indian context is a bit overemphasized which is fine you know i think it's even overemphasized in other parts of the world uh i think the 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 social aspect the uh, but but the fact is it develops over time right sometimes one doesn't have it immediately and it kind of develops over the years uh but uh, but yeah i think uh, i would say i was lucky if my if my passion and capability let's say lay in um, uh, just making that up let's say english poetry i may not have got into iit right i may have you know had difficulty with yeah. all of other things because you know a, a person who's good at two subjects out of 
can have difficulty if those two are not maths and physics understood so i mean you were a fair fair enough student ha ah, yeah but time time pass ho gaya tha <laughs> so right now in colleges and especially in our college engineering college we have one girl for 13 boys that is the sex ratio so was this a sex ratio back as well yeah it was similar it it has never changed in engineering uh, you know it has always been the same my son is going to an engineering college soon and he also says the same uh, that you know it's <laughs> going to be 4 years <laughs> so so yeah it, it has always been the same and uh, i think uh, in our batch there might have been 20 girls on 300 boys that's even more so, ratio yeah, one is to 15 one is to 15 uh, kind of ratio and uh, yeah i think it's good for the girls <laughs> so did you have any relations in college no yeah not not on not on uh, not 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 on campus no not no okay so off campus, campus you might have no 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 not not uh, during that time 13 years okay got it uh, not not during that time matlab i was just uh, uh, you know so girls would typically call me a kind of dur kind of guy yaar ki matlab wo apna bas he's just interested in his sports and all wo sports ke sath ghumta rehta hai and you know just thoda bahut padhai karke apna matlab you know i would say at least in iit i was in the top quartile of my group so thoda bahut padhai karta rehta hai matlab not bad in studies but they would just see me as a sports person and right. somebody who was largely socially awkward with girls at least like it's easy for our generation we have a left side right side feature so it's easy for us <laughs> to you know to go out on dates hamare hamare exciting college experience is they they you would have to physically go out and uh, put the attempt yeah so yeah there was a lot of effort required and then it required an inclination for that effort right so most of yeah. us were like theek hai yaar matlab you know let's get through life so i think maybe 20% of the class had some relationship or the other 80% did not so i was part of that 80% and i was part of the very happy part of that 80% because <laughs> uh, you know i don't think um, looking back that i missed out on a lot in the sense you know we had a great time <laughs> without any relationships that's actually very fabulous and i think inspiring in a way in a weird way but it is <laughs> uh, so any exciting college experience or a funny incident you would like to share uh, funny incident to bahut hote the bahut jyada hote koi bhi ek but it's but if you just put me on the spot and ask me to so i'll tell you one you know uh we guys sent a bus and all uh from our hostel for jesus and mary college right the yeah. iit delhi bus went and kind of then the bus came back and the bus was empty <laughs> and <laughs> and you know there were these 30 40 50 guys who you know maybe 100 guys who were ready for the social waiting out there and then what happened is some cars started driving in and from the cars these girls got down and you know they started coming in to this hostel and the funny thing was they came with their boyfriends <laughs> so <laughs> like is this a joke or what like you know we are hosting yeah. this party we've got food organized we've got all this stuff and these girls are coming here with their boyfriends and you know uh, 
anyway a few a few of our group got lucky in that but uh, i think that was very very few i would say you could count on one hand you could count oh. all the number of people who you know got so the rest all of them were totally yeah yeah so it was it was uh, yeah it was it was a different time yeah it was a different yeah. time i think even doing that in 1990s i think it's commendable yeah. uh, no i used so, to at least so even though i wasn't participating in the socials myself i used to take the effort of going to these colleges and organizing socials and all that stuff uh, so i was that way yeah i was quite an active person you have to also see and i must say this with a bit of uh, you know humility politeness uh, see i grew up in sanar uh, okay sanar was a boarding school and it's one of the only coeducational boarding schools in uh, uh, in india and uh, so you know coming from there it's a bit difficult to get ex- you know very um, excited by the girl crowded iit so because obviously you know sanar yeah. i think uh, yeah there was there was a time when you know there used to be these ratings and all and before us well before us i'm talking about the 80s when uh, that you know then the in the ratings the um, a lot of the very popular girls were from sanar in delhi so yeah there there was those times right so if you're coming from modern school or sanar or any of these yeah. places then you will you know yeah. you don't want to get excited at all right yeah so uh, what were your dreams in college what did you want to achieve in your life and did they change over a period of time yeah my dreams never changed so they were very precise actually they were extremely precise they were always to uh, run a business okay and uh, they were extremely precise in the sense there was also that the business would be about 1500 crores of revenue i would have roughly 10% stake in it they were extremely precise and they have been that way pretty much since i was um i was about 17 18 years old okay that's actually very precise so yeah when i was yeah so my my life is that way very very boring in the sense you know it's it's turned out to precision you know you do boring. exactly what you want to do it's actually goal oriented that's far better it wasn't goal oriented it was aspiration oriented and there's a difference between a goal and an aspiration i think a goal is something you start working towards got it an aspiration is something you define as if this happened i would be happy you know you got kind it. of say i always look at life that way what is it that would make me happy fair right. enough and then i say okay this would this is the kind of life i would like to live and i don't i i think it's a bit different from a goal a goal is something like i want to do 100 meters in 15 seconds or something of that sort and maybe that also makes you happy but you know this is more of an aspiration right that um at some point in life you want to do this um and and yeah i don't i don't know if it's a difference between a goal and an aspiration but but a goal is something you start working towards an aspiration is something you may not work towards immediately but it is something you wish happened wish happened what wish happened but you would be happy if it happened right so you set goals to achieve that aspiration yeah i think you have mini goals and you know all those things goals are more short termish got it an aspiration you know this is 25 30 years right so right so how has life changed in the recent times because of the pandemic or you know you know as the pandemic happened 
i think uh, we were forced into into shutdown and i had to decide whether i had to be in india or in the uk i have lived away from my family for 12 years but uh, now you know i moved back uh, to living with family and uh, i think that uh, uh, has been uh, a good experience last 6 months i've largely stayed with family uh, which wasn't happening earlier so i think that's good that's the only good thing from this pandemic we all got to spend more time yeah, with our family yeah uh, also i've because of that because of being in the uk i've been able to constantly keep doing things like swimming running cycling which i like doing uh work has carried on but i really feel for my parents because my parents are there in um, in um, in uh, noida and uh, you know they're not able to move get about much etc yeah so uh, how different was your forecasting like you must have forecasted how it will happen the pandemic and what will be its impact in march and april how has how different has the forecasting been from the present reality your uh, it's it's you know it's a difficult one but it has been slightly better than what the initial forecast was the initial forecast was more of a you know there would be difficulty in operating we haven't found the difficulty in operating uh, the consumer demand has been higher than expected right. but uh, the consumers also struggling with paying because uh, clearly uh, there are challenges out there uh, to the consumer to pay so as the consumer uh, you know the levels have increased like the buying more have increased so um, you said the statement that funding for expansion is what you were looking for and not for survival does the same statement be like is it true right now as well that funding is a very funny one you know in india i think uh, uh, the challenge uh, we are all facing to some extent is uh, funding has come a sort of way of of being if you would and i think uh, startups are uh, unfortunately being value, being uh, you know valued more on the amount of funding they have raised than on the what you would say uh, you know uh, uh, on the uh, on their return on capital employed the best startups were the ones in my opinion that gave the highest return on capital employed and that's kind of across the yeah. world right uh, so google or uh, facebook or uh, even amazon have not been capital guzzlers to that extent right uh, yes they have used up capital uh, and capital guzzlers may or may anyway my point is <laughs> if you're an efficient company uh, you could be looked down upon in today's time okay and uh, i think that is uh, an area of concern yeah i mean sure it sure is so do you think that covid-19 pandemic has affected insurance policy penetration in india india people are more concerned about you know buying life insurance family insurance yes yes it has it has expanded it a bit there's no doubt about that uh, so, it has taken away people's ability to pay right but it has right. certainly uh, expanded 
their uh, desire for the product got it so you started off in 2008 right and 2008 2009 were the time of global recession yeah so was starting out at that time in starting something new like absolutely new uh, was it very difficult in considering yeah, the recession i never thought of it that way okay i never thought of it that way uh to be brutally honest because uh, uh you know uh, it wasn't like uh, it's a downturn so let's start we had this you know great idea that we wanted to do something about and uh, we thought the middle class in india really needed insurance and we had to popularize it we had to create the demand for it and uh, you know uh, we think uh, we would have started whether it was a good time or a bad time but back in hindsight i like times when you know funding is a bit slow okay because uh, how do i put it yeah um there's a bit of a difference between different types of businesses uh, you know in the last 5 6 years anything has been getting funded you know things that kind of don't make sense at all have been getting funded and uh, to me that's a worry to me that's a worry because uh, it uh, it can spoil an entire generation you know if an entire generation starts believing in uh in valuations without value hmm. that can create a problem for the entire generation and i think that is why having some bad times in your life are very good because you know bad times give you perspective and bad times allow you to think more clearly um uh, whereas you know exuberant times quite honestly everything in the last 6 7 years has been exuberant times right nobody even talks about a you know 5 million dollar valuation these days yeah uh, you know um, but uh, uh so so yeah i think i think it's good that so much capital is available uh, but i think a lot of inefficiency has come in because of the availability of that much capital but besides inefficiency uh, inefficiency is don't you think that it has actually adapted the startup ecosystem made more people come up with startups with different ideas pursue them that yeah. is that is right that is very good uh but more people come up with those ideas with the wrong thought process okay and what is the wrong thought process uh the wrong thought process is uh you know sometimes very short termish nature in terms of what needs to be done in the next 3 months uh sometimes disconnect between see what what is the problem a big problem is when a founder starts believing that their company is less valuable than what others think it is worth okay because then all kinds of conflict start so uh and you know some of the companies are valued so highly that the founders are quite happy to be you know paid their equities worth today and then that if you if you kind of really get down to the basics of what went wrong at any of the large failures 
what you would find is basically people saying give me my money mm. and essentially a founder saying i don't believe in my own idea just give me the money and how do you get to that situation overvaluation i think uh, so i think it has the ability to spoil a gen- and then you know people see those examples that oh so and so made money without ever building a profitable business right and people say okay so that means i can also do it and i agree to some extent that gets the wheels of the uh, piece going but i think uh, some some sense of you know of rationality towards towards the eventual value being created uh would help the entrepreneurs themselves because remember you're going to have a 40 60 year career and whatever amount of money one makes one will never be satisfied you know whatever amount of money one has will only satisfy somebody for 6 months after they'll want more because that is that is the problem with the human being right the human being always wants more yeah true. and and at that stage a you know you, you you get my story right so you get you yeah, get my point yeah. the point is uh, i think uh, i get i get worried sometimes when i when i see very young founders and very high valuations but the business not quite being there not being profitable not not just uh, profitable but you know various other metrics not to that extent what i meant what i meant was uh, not to that extent uh, where their valuation could be you know uh, i'm not saying i'm not saying only only profits need to be valued Us- users need to be valued everything needs to be valued but uh, somewhere you know there is a conflict that's all i can see yeah how much do you believe in investments and financial instruments uh i'm i'm a very poor investor in the sense uh, all my investments are in policy bazaar uh and paisa that's not poor that's not no, poor no, investment I'm, i'm saying i'm saying there are no other investments okay so it's poor because you put all your eggs in one basket yeah you're not creating a portfolio lose everything uh i've never really made investments like i find it very strange how founders have money to invest in other startups because i don't have any money uh because the only way you would have money is if you've sold stock right yeah so if you've not sold stock then how do you have money uh as a as a as a middle class founder putting you know i sometimes see founders putting million dollars couple of million dollars in startups and i i can't i can't even imagine that Okay, so I mean, we as students save around ten to twenty k in a year or in six months, right? And if we want to, you know, uh, invest or use financial instruments for our own benefit, do you think is it's a, there is a way around for our for our students? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think uh, mutual funds are a great way. Yeah, uh, but the second thing is you could also, with a bit of diversification and a bit of sense. you could also invest in a diversified way directly into the uh, into the Equity. stock market because you don't pay taxes right now because your tax uh, you know your your income levels are low so you don't have taxation to worry about otherwise mutual funds really help from a taxation perspective but you can go directly into funds and uh, uh, you know hold them but in a diversified manner do not believe in one stock etc i think that's a great way uh, to get started also investing in startups is not a bad way you know see you may have less money relatively but you can also take more risk because even if you lost it it's not the end of the world but if you invest in two three startups 
uh, or do your own startup i think the chance that you would see st- the startup valuations go up fastest in the first 2 3 years and uh, if you are a side investor in a startup you will get an exit so that part of the ecosystem is certainly developed where you know you can expect a decent probability of an exit uh in the first 2 3 years of a company yeah so that i think that is for all the listeners so it's going to have a lot of listeners that we have would be from the college background so yeah so the question was for them so now we'll just move on to quick fun short rapid fire questions uh you could answer them in one line or you could go on explaining if you know if you want to uh so the first question is what do you think was your best decision ever in hindsight um, one of my best decisions was to start policy bazaar yeah i mean obviously anything anything special or anything decides this <laughs> yeah but i think that was one of my better decisions uh because economically it did not make sense at that stage remember i had a uh, i had a career back in the uk yeah and yeah. i was leaving that career and doing a startup and uh, i would not have uh, you know got a salary for the first 3 4 years uh and i had a family i had lots of risks i had lots of costs uh so i needed a lot, a lot of safety also at that time so from my lifestyle and life stage decision perspective it was economically a poor decision but it just felt like the right thing to do uh, and i think that was one of the good decisions that we you know took one couldn't see the end of the tunnel one couldn't see what where it would lead yeah uh, you know um, and so it was it was quite a blind decision at that stage and that happens very often you know eventually for most of your important decisions one friend actually told me uh, back in iit that you know you take your smaller decisions with logic and you take your larger decisions on gut feel okay on that's... emotions so i think we can quote it as the caption of this podcast uh, there's a wonderful statement uh yeah so what about your worst decision what was the worst decision ever um, see in hindsight you have 2020 vision so you know you can see those decisions as being bad but i think my one of my worst decisions was to do an mba right after my engineering so after i did delhi i went to iim ahmedabad straight away okay according to me that was one of my worst decisions uh because to me those two years were wasted okay uh, uh i know it's a very sad thing to say but uh i think uh from a job perspective or from a you know learnings perspective i could have pretty much done everything i did after iim after iim iit as well uh and so uh had i taken time off for some work experience 3 4 years or done some startup in the middle and then gone for the mba but it was such a you know thing at that stage uh from iit you either did the cat and went to the iims or you went abroad to study uh further it's still it was is. not the cool thing wasn't to do a job and it just wasn't it just wasn't so you know probably 10% of the company would go into a job right after iit and 90% would go towards either 
a further degree in the US or to uh, an MBA or something of that sort, right? It was just considered that way. And I think it was a wrong decision in hindsight. I think, uh, as I said, if I had taken two, three years off, uh, it would have been better. I would have got more perspective uh, before I went for my MBA. Fair enough. I mean, it is still the case, uh, similar case, you know, even we, when we're in third years and we also consider, you know, going for CAT tuitions and going for GRE, GMAT tuitions and all. Uh, but then, yeah, the number obviously is not 10% who go for jobs right now. It's more of around 60, 70% who go for jobs and 30, 40%, you know, pursue higher education right after graduation. So, yeah, uh, what was the turning point in your life? Yeah, the turning point, uh, very oddly, uh, there were multiple turning points in my life. Uh, okay. One was about when I was 15. Oh. When uh, I suddenly realized I had to do something with my life. But, uh, you know, and that, that pushed me through, I think, all the way till IIT and IAM and all that stuff. And after that, I think that again went away. That phase went away. And uh, I think the, the turning point really came with my, uh, you know, marriage. Uh, because after IIT, I was working at ITW Signode for four years. And uh, I was I was happy doing what I was doing. I've always been happy doing whatever I've been doing. So I was happy doing my work. And uh, then I met my to be wife and she, you know, in conversation, she figured out that I earn about 20,000 rupees a month. And uh, she said, uh, you know, you've done this IIT, you've done this IM, you've got four years of experience, you clearly seem to be a, you know, hardworking person and you're earning 20,000 rupees. And, you know, I'm a graduate from NIFT and I get 32,000 rupees. And <laughs> something is wrong. So I did not know where the rest of my batch was. Like I was, I was, I was friends with them, but I did not know economically where they were. And everybody was shocked when they heard I was getting 20,000 rupees. So, you know, uh, I think that was a wake up call that from a financial perspective, something needed to happen because had we got married without me doing something about it, it would have been economic. It would have been very difficult from a life perspective because, you know, you've got to have a place to live. And I hadn't thought about all those things. Where will you live? Where will you, you pretty much had no savings. You were doing nothing. So, you know, you need from, so from a financial perspective, it changed my perspective. I had to do something about it. And uh, that's what forced me to, you know, think around having a better paid job and, you know, doing something more interesting and, you know, get, getting moving in life, et cetera, et cetera. So it was another turning point. I think I had two turning points, one around when I was about 15 years 15. old uh, and one when I was about to get married. Um, and then, you know, both these turning points, basically when you say goal versus aspiration, you know, you have an aspiration, but don't quite work towards it. When you have a goal, you start moving in that direction right away. Yeah. So I think both of these gave you more, more clear goals. I would say the time between them, there weren't any specific goals. Not it. Uh, actually, right? very you beautiful. Aspiration. Aspirationally, you're the same person. Yeah. You had the same aspirations that, you know, you want to get there, but you were not working towards it. Yeah. But both these stages got me working towards it. Beautiful incidents. Um, 
what is a typical work day like like at what time do you get up how much do you sleep yeah, how much I do you run up, i get up fairly early i get up fairly early so now last 6 8 months has been different because i work uh, india hours so i get up about 5 o'clock and i straight away get on to calls okay uh, because in india it's 9:30 10 by then okay uh, so i just run through my day and by about 3 o'clock uk i'm done uh, so essentially i work from 5 o'clock to 3 o'clock which is roughly 10 hours 10 hours and then i'm done Uh, but it's a very efficient ten hours because uh, you know, you get you get to work pretty much right away. There's no travel. There's nothing else, right? Uh, and uh, I think when I'm in India, it's a bit different. So from three o'clock onwards, I have time to myself. When I will, you know, do one or two sets of cycling or running or swimming or something of that sort with you know with with kids or without. Um, and then you know I'll go to sleep by about ten o'clock or so. Uh, In India is very similar, but what happens is the work starts at ten, so I've got the five to ten hours to myself, and so those morning hours is when I do a lot of my exercise and all that stuff, and then I, you know, but I think India is a lot less efficient because there is travel, there is all those things. So for me, this phase of life is being more efficient. Uh, but uh, all that's happened is my morning hours used to be exercise, and then it used to be work. Now it is work first, and then exercise later. I prefer the exercise first and and work later mode, but but listen, you can't have everything. Like you know, yeah. I can't get up in the middle of the night and start exercising, right? So I can't get up at twelve o'clock and start exercising. So that that would be uh, weird. So yeah, this works. This works quite okay. Right. What are the five most used apps in your phone right now? If if you go from the phone, uh, five most apps. It's a strange use. It's a strange one, yeah. So see, number uh, uh, one will obviously be WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, number two would be uh, Garmin. Okay. Which is a fitness app. Then the Zwift. Okay. Which is also a fitness app. <laughs> looking at which is a cycling app, right? Uh, then it would be Google Maps. And Amazon. Okay, fair enough. So, so uh, are you a shopper, like a very very active shopper? Uh, I I shop every second day, something or okay. the other. Every, like in a week, I would probably shop twice. So a necessity But, or for leisure? Uh, I'm I'm more of a utilitarian person. So like you know, I've I've bought a few shoes today, but they're for running. Yeah. and uh, you know i would uh, keep buying some sports equipment or the other uh, at least half of my shopping is sports equipment uh <laughs> but then you know this but but you look at the apps you know uh, two are communication and utility so you know whatsapp and google maps and i think i forgot but actually gmail is also an app in that because both yeah. my office and my normal thing is on is on gmail so if i look at it you know two of them are communication one of them is maps two of them are fitness one of them is shopping yeah i think it had normal times been then maybe uber would have also been one of the bigger ones because again that's for yeah. commuting and travel and uh, yeah that's it they, so they we have seen they are barely used so we don't see netflix or prime or hotstar on your top 5 so do you ever binge watch yeah, yeah, no i'm not i'm not so much of an entertainment guy i generally okay. do not have a huge amount of uh, uh time on that 
generally no. do you do you feel more for fomo sorry uh, fomo to watch uh, the series i honestly don't even know what the series are okay i know i know that's weird i hear it all the time you know i have people in my office talking about the series and all yeah so that's what fomo you know what they are okay so i'm like uh, yeah you know if i have spare time i will spend time running or cycling and uh, you know communicating with friends either on whatsapp or talking to them or family i will spend time you know i have kids who are as i said my son's going into engineering college and my daughters in class 11 uh, they may have some you know doubts maths physics etc i will spend time with them so yeah i i never really have time you know once in a couple of weeks i will take my parents out to see a movie i i like doing that uh, you know we'll go to the cinema uh, and watch a movie uh but i know i know it's different it's different you know everybody everybody is different but yeah definitely i, I have never uh, you know had the time to sit down and watch a series or anything of that sort no uh, you know i don't even know what they are mm-hmm. so what does the future hold for policybazaar.com yeah uh, we have to be very convenient to the consumer more okay. convenient and what that implies is a lot of regulatory changes have to happen uh mm. have to allow for that convenience to come in see today when an amazon sells something to me they are able to manage the delivery they are able to manage the customer service and that's why i deal with them mm. right a lot of things in our regulation do not permit that so once you buy from me if you have a claim there is question marks that am i even supposed to be involved can i be involved can i even help you uh so there are there are lots of restrictions from a regulatory standpoint which i think uh, come from a different era which have to go away so that we are enabled enough to do these services for our consumers you as a consumer want to deal with one place and you know get all your offerings we are working quite hard on product creation uh because our customers give us a lot of data see in the insurance world the most important thing is data you get to know about your customers and you decide how to kind of price for them etc yeah and it's the front end consumer handler that gets all that data and we would love to pass that on to you know create to, to get better products etc uh but a lot of that those information rails are still held away from us uh and i think uh, that part does need to change it will change but you know i hope it changes in time for us and we we all hope that it does uh so we'll take two sponsored questions uh neo global card is our sponsor a new batch international card for students aspiring to study abroad neo global card is india's first zero forex markup card it offers a card and visa platform and a mobile app which makes it convenient for students uh in the recent past a lot of students are going abroad to pursue their higher education what are the financial request requirements they have to keep in mind like according to you what are the requirements they should keep in mind? uh see i think i think the, the neo card is a is a great card and uh, you know it's a it's got it's got zero markup uh, can yeah. be used in in a lot of countries and uh, you know the the documents required are basic standard right you got your pan password uh, passport uh, cancel check etc so i think it's a great thing convenient thing that uh, people should use now when you're traveling abroad 
one of the things you have to look at is you must know where you're traveling what the costs are going to be what the customs are uh and be well prepared for that uh make sure you have uh, multiple financial instruments uh which uh, uh you know allow you to deal in that area but sometimes everything doesn't work right sometimes you could have some difficulties and uh, i think uh, forex charges etc really get underestimated so having a, a zero markup card helps you in that so uh, you know i would say yeah neo is a great option from a from a financial planning perspective by which we had it when we were younger life would have been much simpler rather than carrying uh, you know french francs and uh, exchanging at uh, at uh, you know teller counters yeah oh fair enough uh, so we'll move on to the concluding questions who or what inspires you the most who or what inspires me the most uh see sanjeev bikchindani is somebody i really really have started to look up to okay so first of all i'm in shock still how he invested 4 million dollars with us when we were just you know we were a very very small we had nothing we had no business nothing the second part is i'm just amazed how through all of this you know many times i lose my balance in the sense i always question uh what's going on am i right is the market right is what's happening in the market the right thing is what what i believe is the i believe return on capital employed is the right thing whereas yeah. today in my opinion the market believes the amount of capital raised is the big thing oh. right but i do question myself many times that am i wrong the amazing thing is sanjeev's been running his business for 20 years and has never really questioned his own instincts he believes in return on capital employed he believes in that he's been delivering that and now it's been 20 years it's been more than that i think it's been yeah it's been at least 20 years it's been like 24 years that he's been running his business is the largest most profitable internet business in the country yeah usually not you know people don't talk about it as the you know biggest thing since sliced bread because it's not raised the maximum amount of capital is not raised 5 billion 10 billion dollars uh but it is it is the only thing that is making serious profit in the entire internet ecosystem yeah right uh everybody else is just scraping by so and th- those are his beliefs and he's kind of been able to hold steady to them uh which is just all inspiring right as i as i see my own difficulties in trying to address um the the gap the view gap i think uh, so so i really look up to him and i get inspired by him i i hope he kept um, i know he puts in some effort and i shouldn't talk about this but you know the only thing i can say is i hope i inspire him from a fitness perspective <laughs> <laughs> i think you inspire me as well and you've inspired me as well for the fitness uh cuz typically i think every student's routine right now have been sleeping at 6 am and getting up at uh, in the evening that's not good that's yeah. not good the the they call something called the circadian cycle which is okay. uh, which is the sun uh-huh. uh, basically 
uh, it is right for human beings to sleep when the sun sleeps and okay. awake when the sun awakes our yeah. our bodies are designed to work most efficiently that way i did not understand this but you know i understood it recently uh, if you look at world records they are tip they are the best world records have been set between 2 pm to 4 pm because that is when our bodies actually reach their peak okay i've been a morning person all my life and i've always believed in morning runs morning f events etc but i have myself figured that when i run at 2 o'clock i get better timings than when i run at 7 o'clock in the morning it's just okay. our body has that has the sun's rhythm and we peak with the sun because you know we are we're all you know i don't i don't want to get too fancy about it but basically a lot of the energy in the earth comes from the sun and uh, i think uh, staying awake through the night my my son does it but it's not a good thing i can see the stress building on him and uh, i think waking up with the sun and sleeping with the sun is is a great thing to do now how you do it you don't change it immediately you change it half an hour every day so from 6 o'clock it becomes 5 o'clock and then 4 o'clock etc etc but i think everybody does need to change it yeah uh, yeah i think most of the students or you know the young generation has been doing it and it needs to change it's, i think most of the lockdown have caused this to happen <laughs> uh, moving on uh, what would you like to say to yashish in his early 20s i think believe in yourself much more uh don't be stupid so question yourself but um, be less afraid you know in the 20s yashish was very afraid what will happen how will life be how you know you may you may my point is be more confident uh be uh yeah believe believe that the world is going to become a better place much better place the world is not headed towards the disaster it's headed towards prosperity that's actually a very beautiful thing again um is there anything else you want to tell to our listeners and you haven't had chance something you believe everyone right? should so listen. if i if i talk to my kids and if i talk to you guys like you you guys are very young as i said my son's just going into college so uh, i just say you know many times when i saw when i speaking to my son he's like you know i don't know if i'll have a job i don't know what i'll do my view i just say you know what life is going to turn out much better than you thought than you think if you just stick to the first principles stick to the basics and do not get over excited by everything around you do not get hassled by everything around you um i think life will turn out really well the number of opportunities are growing every year uh uh so i think nobody should ever get disillusioned uh people uh, should uh, uh look towards the future in a very bright and uh, you know um uh, inspiring way that's that's all i would say i think we can change the title of the podcast from the earlier statement to this but yeah i think that that will help all of us all of us yeah. so that uh, brings us to the end of the podcast once again we thank you for taking out the time of abc schedules and participating in the podcast i'm sure our listeners will find this very informative as well as inspirational um 
I would like to uh, extend warm regards from the team, entire team of ESL DT. Uh, thank you so much, thank Yashish, you. for joining. Pleasure, pleasure being here, and I found the uh, you know your conversation very uh, very mature. So I just wanted to compliment you on that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, sir. All right, bye now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like and comment the video. Also, subscribe to the channel for more exciting clips by the Entrepreneurship Cell of Delhi Technological University. Signing off, Sathak Goyal.